Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli. We are we're gathered across uh, a hallway and uh, half a country, most of the country. Tom, how are we doing, guys? This is uh, Locks Edition number three. We're going to take you all the way through uh, the rest of the bowl games. Barton, you're down the hall. I'm not going to give out your hotel room number in case you have a stalker who listens to every show and is looking for you. Uh, Tom, you are at home in Chicago. How are we feeling, fellas? I'm feeling sorry for Temple at the moment because it is getting run the hell over in the second half of the Independence Bowl. Where's Ed Foley? <laughs> Pick those guys up. Um, all right. So for today's show, we are going to be running this thing uh, all the way through. We want to start our locks at, with any of the Friday games. So let's uh, let's let's dive right in. I don't I don't have our our score sheet up. You know, we're just we're trying to get you these locks. It's it's hot locks. So, I, are you leading, Tom? Who's leading? Uh, Barton is still leading. Okay, Barton. Uh, Friday's games. Give me a lock. Uh, okay. All right. Friday's games. See, so let, let me just let me just warn you guys here. Uh, I feel really good the first two weeks. I feel relatively pressed with my preparation. You know, my research team maybe isn't at full strength right now. So the Friday games are Music City, Camping Worlds, Alamo. Is that Are those my choices here? Yes. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Camping World. Um, a few of my early plays here, I'm, I'm on the public side, and that's okay. But <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith in West Virginia here. All right, let's 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 lay it out. Their offensive coordinator left for the head coaching job at Texas State. Um, no, not a huge big deal because Dana Holgerson can call an offensive game as well. So I'm not going to overstate that. But they are shorthanded. Uh, Will Greer is out for the NFL. That's is kind of a big deal. They're starting, or they're playing two quarterbacks. One of which, Jack Allison, who transferred from Miami. He couldn't get on that Miami field up for that Miami team. I don't know why we think he's going to be any good for West Virginia. Uh, Trey Lowe is the other quarterback, a true freshman that gets to play due to the redshirt rule. Newly instated this year. A little more of a running threat. Um so maybe a, a struggle for Syracuse to prepare, but I've seen West Virginia when the starter goes down and they got to play a bad backup and it doesn't translate all that effortlessly. Like they have had some problems in that role. Um, Gary Jennings is out NFL. Yadni Kajus off the tackle out NFL. I, I just think with all that said, Syracuse has sold a lot more of their tickets than West Virginia. They're fired up about this game. Dino Baber's pep talk's going to be on point. I think, and last ride for Eric Dungy, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I just think Syracuse comes out, and, and I know the line has moved dramatically towards Syracuse, um, and I know the public is all over Syracuse. I, I still am going to take them. I don't think it's moved enough. I'm going to take Syracuse. Minus, I think it's like a point and a half. Does that sound? Does that sound right? It's gotten to it two. It is currently, yeah. It's it's between one and a half and two most places. Mm. Uh, so yeah, give me give me uh, give me the cues. Minus a point and a half. Tom, do you have a uh, you got a side on this? I I don't hate the cues play for all the reasons you just stated i just i don't know man i'm weirded out by this game i am too uh i tom you and i were talking about this and, and barton i'll i'll throw it to you because i want you to talk me out of and this is a this is one of my 13 opinions 
And it sounds like it's going to be a log that does not go on the fire. But I wonder if the major adjustment in this total is too drastic. And if there might be a buyback opportunity with the idea that Syracuse is definitely going to score and that even West Virginia's offense with backups in there in this kind of game in a, in a warm, you know, camping world stadium, let's get loose. Let's get out there. Let's, let's, let's do some, some running. Let's hit some big plays that we still might be able to see 70 or at least 67, 68, 69, something that would hit this over. I mean, just the fact that we've adjusted this total six to seven points based exclusively off of Gary Jennings, Will Greer, Yanni Kajust. I just, I'm staring at the over 66 and thinking that even if that game ends up being like, uh, like Syracuse will play games that end up being 55 to 35, something along those lines. So I, I'm, I'm eyeing it and it is something that I'm probably not going to end up playing and I'm not going to lock it up here, but that's a big adjustment on the total for two teams that I still think uh, either from, you know, defensive touchdowns, turnovers, or what have you, that we could still see this game get decided in the thirties or forties. In some ways, I think that there's reason to fear a West Virginia team with no, nothing to lose in a way with what will Greer out. No one expects much out of them. They can play around with two quarterbacks that are two very different styles. Um, so I think offensively West Virginia still has a little fight left in them. And so that, that, that could play to your point a little bit, Chip, where they, they may be able to score more than people think without Will Greer, just by doing it in a different way, uh, which might catch Syracuse off guard. But I, I'm, I'm going to trust Eric Dungy yeah. over Jack Allison. Yes. A hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I'm not locking anything up. Barton going with the Cuse. Uh, Tom, Friday games, what you got? I don't have anything for Friday, actually. Oh, yes. Well, on December 2nd, I think I decided I was taking Purdue against the spread in the bowl game. And as I and I, I sort of imagine it, I don't know if it was December 2nd, but whatever day that Jeff Brom announced that he was uh, thanks but no thanks to the University of Louisville, I started thinking that a big reason that he might have stuck around was Rondale Moore and, and several other uh, key playmakers that he had brought to the Boilermakers with hopes of, of using these, the, these players and making them a part of his vision of what Purdue football could be. I feel like I've, I'm seeing a, a big-time Rondale Moore performance. I'm seeing uh, a Purdue team that is feeling good and bright about its future and I'm seeing an Auburn team that is just disheveled on the coaching staff. It's been, you know, almost lifeless and unimpressive at times offensively. And in a game where it's the, the savant of the past against the savant of the future, I am going to take the savant of the future. And I'm going to think that Auburn, which laid an egg against UCF, uh, might be a target to lay an egg here against a fired-up Boilermakers team you give me three and a hook for a team that I think can win this game straight up and will be far more motivated to do so. Yes. Let's go lock it up. Purdue plus three and a half. I believe during his uh, press conference today for the, the bowl game, Gus Melzahn used the word super at least four times while describing Purdue. Well, they are quad soup. They're super quads. Quad They're super. Just super. They're Everything super. they do is super. Um, I'm, I mean, that's, that is the side that I have written down. I like Purdue here, too. Oh, this is, a, this is brutal for me. I just can't, I can't, I can't pull the trigger on it for some reason. I'm just scared to pull the trigger, whether it's, you know, Jarrett Stidham with the monkey off his back. Finally, I'm getting out, I'm getting out of here with, with no pressure, nothing to lose. Gus Malzahn, just when everyone starts counting him out, now he's the offensive coordinator calling the plays. Game plan's all on him. He's going to have some, some wrinkles in there that, that you know, we're, we're not expecting. You know, I don't I, – every, everyone's on Purdue. I, I just, oh, really? Is it public well, as hell? Pretty public, man. I mean, the, A, the line showing us is public. Four and a half to three and a half, yeah. It's – I think I'm seeing 71%. Uh, so, it, I think – go ahead, Tom. What you got? I was going to say it's – 
What I got is 52% of the tickets, 82% of the money. I, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, Sharp? I like that. I, I, you, you may be sort of convincing me to go ahead and play ball then. With that, with that, that might have been just enough of a nudge to that edge. So let's go. All right. Hey, lock it up. Let's do it. Purdue. We're picking locks. All right. Um, I'll agree. All right. Lock agreement from Barton on Purdue plus three and a half. Um, what about for the, the clones? That's our Friday night game, right? Washington State, Iowa State. Mm hmm. Barton I'm, or Tom? I'm not locking it up, but I want to take the over just simply based on the way the Alamo Bowl usually goes. It's just the only reason I'm not going to lock it up is I'm scared to trust Washington State in a bowl game. But doesn't that make you want to be on Iowa State? No. Mm. Not lock wise, not super confident wise. Is David is David Montgomery playing in this game? Uh, let me check. I don't, I don't, I thought I remember saying something that he would be playing, but I'm not hundred percent sure yeah, he's not listed on any kind of injury report as being out. So I think he's playing. Um, Barton, do you have a, a lock in this game? I don't have a lock. I like, um, I like Iowa state for the obvious reasons of, you know, they're, they're used to playing spready teams. They're they're They can defend this stuff. Uh, Mike Leach has not been very good in bowl games, particularly at Washington State. Uh, and yet, I'm I'm a, I'm just leery of being on the public side in like my first three rolls of the dice of the of the, the second slate or the third slate here. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have some self control, some discipline, lay off this one. Uh, but I, I I like watch I like the uh, Iowa State side. Iowa State there. plus two and a half money line at two. Let's go clones. <laughs> All the way. Now, Washington State and Mike Leach do not have the distractions of last year when he was straight up accepting uh, the Tennessee job. Uh, <laughs> and we have seen some impeccable style. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the photos of the Washington State team uh, out and about traveling, showing some, wearing some costumes, showing some skin, being all flary. But, I mean, Matt Campbell ain't about that flair. Iowa State ain't about that flair. You might be just... Enjoying uh enjoying some time in Texas, but Iowa State is here for a program building win. Lock up Iowa State plus two and a half. Yeah, that's that's compelling. That's compelling, Chip. All right, that's compelling. Into you've got a busy Friday, buddy. Ah, I think I've only got two games, right? Yeah, but between the two of you, we've got a busy Friday. I mean, this is it. <laughs> Whatever you got left in the in the holster, let it fly. <laughs> Uh, Florida and Michigan, the Peach Bowl everyone asked for. Um, we got, it, I mean, everyone is sitting out for Michigan. Jawan Bichelle Beatty just added his name to the list. It already had uh, Koran Higdon. Devin Bush is hurt. Rashawn Gary's not playing. Um, you know, we're we're looking at this Wolverines team, and it's a Wolverines team. Like, Barton, you can jump in here, but... I mean, yeah, I feel like the the Michigan roster is talented enough that even with all these losses, Michigan is obviously, as we can tell by the line, still expected to win. But how, how, what does it say about Florida that even after all these players are backing out, that line is just hanging tight around six, six and a half? I don't know. I'm, I'm having Tom. Are you in on this one? Uh, I don't have a lock. I'm leaning towards Florida and the points because it's like you're saying Michigan is missing so many key players in this game. And I, I know that they have depth and all that stuff, but I just don't feel like Florida is that much worse than this Michigan team that the spread should be that large. And I think a lot of this could just be, you know, Michigan fans who still believe in Michigan, you know, fading Michigan on principle has not been the costliest principle over the years because mm. they get a ton of support from their very, very large fan base. And it usually skewers lines a little bit. Interesting. Good note here in the final locks episode of the season. I could have brought it up earlier. Sure. <laughs> Chip, are you on this one? No, I'm gonna leave it on. I mean, Florida plus six and a half is on my list, but I'm not going to throw it on the fire. 
Yeah. I'm going to stay away too, but man, I'm close. I'm close to going to Florida. Michigan, I mean, who's what like motivation meter here? I mean, Florida is so stoked to see a Michigan team that spent most of the year in the top five. And this is, they're ahead of expectation. They're ahead of schedule. Uh, Dan Mullen's got a month to prepare. They're, uh, at, while all these Michigan key players are, are skipping and, and sitting out, I, I mean, this, this screams Florida to me. I'm going to see, I'm going to see how many other logs I play here. Okay. I may circle back on this one. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we have, do we have a total feel? Under. Just based on, I was going to say over the idea that, uh, this game could get a, I don't think Florida's defense is all that impressive. Florida's defense can give up big plays. Michigan's offense needs big plays. And I know that a lot of those big plays had been, you know, like long Karan Higdon runs at times during the year, but I mean, they could Shea Patterson could uh, dice up the Gators secondary a little bit in this game. And if he does, and if this game gets a little bit loose, I could maybe see it going over. But if of all the different leans that I have in this game, I'm still Florida plus six and a half is my strongest. I feel uh, like this this game feels a little bit like last year's what was it the um the what was the South Carolina classic or whatever no no the South Carolina oh, the Outback it, Bowl yeah was it the Outback Bowl I think so where like no no one I mean I don't think we really expected what we got in that game and and I mean didn't South Carolina roll in that game uh, Michigan had the first half lead and then they kind of just South Carolina took it over in the second half. It was a high no, no one th- under in that game and South Carolina just destroyed that in the fourth quarter. No one thought South Carolina was, was that kind of team last year to do that to Michigan. Uh, I could see Florida being like everyone sort of sleeping on them this year. And then they, they, they kind of roll, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reserve judgment. For a <laughs> see, that, that's another reason why I lean towards Florida, because as somebody who's grown up in big 10 country his whole life, I've seen way too many Big Ten teams lose to SEC teams in big bowl games. Mm. Uh, Belk Bowl, we got South Carolina and we've got Virginia. Uh, Tom, I'm going to let you jump in because I I happen to know that one of your strongest plays of the week is in this game. Yes, my first lock for this week is (laughs) under 54 in the Belk Bowl simply because Virginia, I mean, the, the, the Virginia's last three games have gone over. It's been a tragedy. But I still believe in their under potential based on what they showed me in the early part of the season. And overall, this offense moves at one of the most deliberate paces in the country. They're never in a hurry to get anywhere. And they're going up against a South Carolina offense that will be without Debo Samuel, which means South Carolina's offense will be without its offense for the most part. So I have I don't think South Carolina is going to have a easy time finding points. I don't think Virginia is going to be in a hurry to find points. So to me, the 54, the total on this one just seems a little bit too optimistic for both of these teams in the Belk bowl. Although I am scared because as we've seen last year in particular, the Belk bowl can get a bit sideways at times. I am not going to lock agreement that only because I think that you told me a couple days ago and that kind of feels like, uh, having the answer key to the test, but my strongest re- feeling on this game uh, is my third lock, which is going to be the Wahoos plus five, because I think that everything about this is setting up for Bronco and this staff and this program. Um, you know, it's going to be a well-attended game in Charlotte. And I mean, South Carolina will be there too. I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun environment, pretty fun atmosphere, but you know, I, I think about uh, guys like um, Olamide Zacchaeus. I you know the the some of the older juniors and seniors who have been a big part of this turnaround under Bronco Mendenhall. I mean, they, it really feels like it is a you know let's let's send this out, let's get this done kind of game. You know, Jordan Ellis in the running game. South Carolina's defense ranks near the bottom of the SEC in most major categories. I I just feel like Virginia's got more to play for. As you mentioned, Debo Samuel being out, he had like 12 of Jake Benley's 27 touchdown passes. And so I, I am very much believing that 
this is an opportunity for the Wahoos to get their first win since 2005 in a bowl game. And for that reason, if you're going to give me more than a field goal, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Wahoos plus five, lock it up. Let's go. Yeah. So when this, when, when the bowl matchups first came out, this was one of the games I circled as one where I was like, all right, that, there's a, there's an opportunity here. Like we got a middle of the road, ACC team against the middle of the road SEC team. The SEC team is going to have them so outclassed from an athletic athleticism standpoint. Um, you know, the ACC team is going to roll in there and not really know how to handle it. Uh, they're going to get overwhelmed. And, and I like this cover. But then as I started digging into this a little bit, I and, and I, one thing really caught my, my attention, um, Bronco Mendenhall and one of the pressers or media availabilities for this game was asked about sort of the matchup. And he was like, yeah, he was very candid in terms of like, usually coaches don't tell you sort of what the key is legitimately, like what the key is to stop a team. And, and for, for South Carolina, he was like, it looks all about the pass. Like as the pass game is successful for South Carolina, so is their offense. We've got to find a way to, to, to limit that pass game. And it got me thinking like, this is a, this Virginia pass defense is loaded. I mean, that's secondary They've got NFL dudes in yeah. their secondary. And so I, I, I feel good about that, particularly Debo Samuels out. Uh, I, I think offensively, as beat up as South Carolina has been all year, I like a methodical, very deliberate pace for Virginia uh, behind Bryce Perkins at quarterback. Uh, I think that they're going to be – this is a very Super bowl kind of feel for Virginia. So as we've, as the, as we've approached this podcast – I'm gaining confidence in Virginia, and I, I I really like Virginia plus five. Are you gonna no lock though? Just just yeah, support? lock lock. I'm in. Yes, Ooh, lock. lock agreement. All right. Um, what's next? Is uh, Oregon? Is that our next game up? Uh, uh Arkansas uh, State, Nevada. Oh yeah, pass on that one. What do y'all have? <laughs> what you got Tom? You're in there. <laughs> Uh, it's in my column this week, but I'm not locking it up. But I would, if I'm on anything in this game, I'm taking Nevada, which is now gone from being a dog at one point to now being a one point favorite. And I think they should be favored. They probably should have been favored all along. And this is just all based on the fact that having seen Nevada play a few times and having seen Arkansas state, the impression both teams left upon my eyes were that Nevada is the better football team in this game. So that's why I'm, I, that's why I picked it in my column, but I, I'm not locking it up. What's the impression so, that I get? I, I just, Cause this game is on at what it's, it's on at noon that day. So it's on at the same time as the Outback bowl and the Belk bowl. So it's like, I don't want to lock it up and therefore feel like I have to watch it while the other games are going on that I'm more interested in. Hey, it's on CBS sports network. I know you're watching it. I mean, I'll have the TV on, right? I don't know how closely I'll be watching. Barton, you got anything on this one? Nah, <laughs> I'll let this one go. I'll hard pass. I just, you know, there it's uh, Arkansas State is going to have is it, now that Satterfield's gone from Appalachian State, and that we've definitely decided that we are going to be hammering the Appalachian State under win total after uh, the hire of Ted Roof as defensive coordinator. Um, it'll be interesting to see who, who sort of emerges as the, uh, the Sunbelt power. I mean, I guess we got we to gotta stick with, with Georgia Southern, right? They're the new class of the Sunbelt probably moving forward. That's where I'm leaning. Yeah, I don't know. A window, open window, closed window. I think, the, I think the Cajuns are coming too. With, with uh, Napier? Yeah. Uh, all right, we get to our first semifinal event, uh, Notre Dame-Clemson. I am definitely – I'm not locking anything up here. What about y'all? No. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play this one. All right, what you got? Uh, what's, the, what's the line right now? 12? 12 and a half, 13. Um, okay, uh, give me whatever y'all want to give me. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna, I will take the points. Taking the Irish? Uh, I'm going to take the Irish. Take 13. Yeah. Notre Shop Dame around. Plus 13. Um, look, I, I don't 
I think we've talked about this a little bit. I think if people have been listening to this podcast and hearing us break this down, they're, they're, you know, they've sensed where I was, where I was heading on the locks pod. Uh, but I just think that there are a multitude of reasons why Notre Dame is capable of keeping this game close. It's, you know, they've got a defensive backfield and a defense in general that doesn't give up big plays. Uh, I think that they're capable of limiting Travis Etienne from gashing them. That doesn't mean he's not going to get some yards, but I think they're capable. They've been very versatile in the way they've beaten teams, both defensively and offensively. Uh, They've got the pass catchers that can put that defensive backfield in conflict. Yes, they've got a real, legit, big-time quarterback, but it is his first show. Uh, Fortunately for Clemson, the rest of the team have been there three times, and so it's no big deal to them. But I think this Notre Dame team, is experienced and veteran and Brian Kelly has something to, to learn from. And from 2012, I think Clemson wins, but I think Notre Dame is a much better team. They're getting credit for no one believes in them. They're going to feed off that. And I am going to take 13 points in a playoff game. I mean, don't hate it. That's, I think that's my expert pick. I believe maybe not. That's yeah, uh, I'm on I'm on Notre Dame in my column for last week. I'm not locking it up though. Uh yeah. I mean it's yeah, I'm on Notre Dame plus twelve and a half. And if and maybe I think I kinda lean under a little bit, but I, I definitely do not see this game be I see this game falling back into that, you know, sort of conversation that unfortunately I feel like I've recycled time and time again and I and so I will I'll, be brief, but when Clemson plays in these really like big games and tight teams, like they Dabo just I all all I care about is winning by one point. And I mean the second that we are not thinking that winning by one point is enough and saying it felt like a loss, well then man, it's time for me to find new pastures. And I I think that that kind of attitude is in play here where Clemson is thinking about a national championship and and just winning by one point is going to be good enough. So uh, I will I will not lock it up. But Barton, I do I do like your uh, lean right there. Um, what about for Bama Oklahoma? Any locks? Uh, I'm on Oklahoma plus fourteen, and I'm leaning towards the over. But I'm not confident enough in either of them to lock it up. I just think that. Alabama is going to be able to pick its total pretty much. And the, this concerning thing is if Alabama just wants to come out and just beat the crap out of Oklahoma, they can, they could put up, you know, 60 points if they want to, if they're in the mood to, it's just, there's also the concern that Saban and them are going to come out and say, you know what? I'm more concerned about keeping the Oklahoma offense off the field as much as possible. And we know we could score as we need to, but we're going to take our time and churn some clock while doing so. And that could lower the score. But I I also think that Oklahoma, when they, when they're on the field, when that offense is on the field, they're going to have success. They're going to put up points on Alabama, which is why I think they're going to cover. And I lean towards the over. It's just because of that possibility of Alabama, maybe, I don't want to say turtling because I feel like that gives the wrong impression, but just going a little more conservative than they would typically have to or have for most of this season and so on such a big stage. I'm scared to lock it up. Yeah, I'm going to lock up the over. Do it. I mean, we got this thing at almost down to 77, 76 and a half at BOL. You're not going to give me 76 and a half, are you? Yeah, if you can get it, get it. Barton, are you cool with that? Yeah, man, get that money. All right, over seventy six and a half, key numbers. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think that Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma is prepared. Like in Oklahoma's mind, they are very, very confident. But even in their minds, when they imagine the way they win this game, they've still probably given up six touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, and you know, if if Alabama went Alabama turtling and winning this like if Alabama beats Oklahoma 40 to 6 then that will be a stunner that is probably of all of the possible outcomes the one that seems uh the most surprising to me and so yeah I'll uh 
I I feel like the this line is going to land maybe right where it lands, or it's going to be a ten point game, or a seven point game, or a fourteen point game, right on the nose. But I'm I'm not going to be betting against points. I'm going to be with the points. Let's lock it up. Alabama, Oklahoma over seventy six and a half. Yeah, so I'm 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 going to play this one too. Uh, I feel like all my my sort of methodical good hard work through the first two weeks could be just thrown in the trash with the heavy volume week three here, but I'm going to play it. I'm going to play Oklahoma. Um, What is it? 13 and a half. Uh, I'll give you 14, 14, 14. 14. Yeah. So Oklahoma um, plus 14. Like here, my, my biggest, my biggest point on this game is Tua is out here saying he is verbalizing two days before the game. I am at about 80 to 85%. He's saying by game time, I'm going to be a hundred percent. How does that, how, how's the math work on that? Like <laughs> I, need, I, I need someone to, I need someone to, to, to help me with the calculation there. I, Tua, if Tua is not mobile and I don't mean by mobile, by meaning like, being able to run for 40 yards. I don't mean running the zone read. I'm just, I mean the movements in the pocket that allow him to make all those quick, subtle, instinctive throws that those, the, uh, his feet and, and, and athleticism just within the confines of the pocket, I think are, are, are part of what sets him apart. And if he's not there with that, I could see this offense clicking on at less than full capacity. I still think Alabama wins, but I think Oklahoma is going to get theirs offensively. And I I worry about what the quarterback is going to look like for Alabama. They're still going to be able to score points. They'll be able to pound Oklahoma if they want to, but I still think Oklahoma is a team where you can't really blink. You can't really miss your, you got to hold serve and and there's a chance that Alabama blinks a couple times if Tua is is gimpy in the pocket. Um, so I'm. I, I think if, it, if if I knew that Tua was 100% healthy, I, I, this would be a stay away game for me. I still think there'd be a chance Oklahoma would cover, but that uncertainty I think leaves the door open for Oklahoma to to make this. Uh, uh, I mean, to really push Alabama. I like it. Uh, all right, so then that gets us into the Monday games, Monday being New Year's Eve, uh, 12 o'clock, Virginia Tech and Cincinnati playing in the Military Bowl, Cincinnati favored by five and a half. We, anybody got a side on this one? No, thank you. <laughs> Barton? I got nothing there. I would, I would lean Cincinnati. I would lean Cincinnati, uh, too. I think they're much more excited to be there. Yes, yeah, but I got too heavy a card to – this this would a week one if this was a week one of bowl season I'd play it but I got too much too much action out there to to mess around with this game uh, on the I on the network CBS it's going to be Pitt and Stanford from El Paso the Great Sun Bowl uh, Pitt getting to this game certainly is a you know this is this is a premier kind of bowl game for Pat Narduzzi and you know I'm sure that he is doing his you know, doing a good job of selling this. There's a there's a big senior class that's been with him and, and sort of helped build to this ACC Coastal Division title for Stanford. Second time you played in this game in the last couple of years. I I'm I do not have a a lean either way on this except for maybe leaning towards an under. But in terms of like stylistically, I feel like the five and a half and the six and a half they're giving us with Pitt Stanford is like the five and a half and six and a half they're giving us with Virginia Tech Cincinnati, which is just a shrug from the bookmakers. It's right now, current forecast says it's supposed to be windy. Mm. So if you're on the under, that's you know, that's fine. Personally, I'm locking up Stanford minus five and a half. Nice. Because I think they're just gonna crush Pitt in this game. And I, I know that Bryce Love is not playing in the game for Stanford, but as I've kind of been hinting at all year, I don't think Bryce Love is really all that great. So I don't think it's that 
big of a loss. I think they'll be just fine offensively without him. That offense is pretty much centered around J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at this point more than it is anybody, and that's the way it's been all season. And I just don't think that Pitt's really going to be able to do all that much damage offensively against this Stanford defense. I think that this is a line that should probably be closer to seven and a half, eight points, and it's only at five and a half. So that's a lot of value in my mind. So I'm taking the Cardinal minus five and a half. Tom locking up the Cardinal. Uh, any play from Barton? No, no, I, I was, um, I was very, like, I had no idea on this game. And then when I heard Tom just say Stanford minus five and a half, I was like, that's, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like that's the right side, uh, but I'm not going to play it. Um, but now that I've heard it articulated, I probably agree with it, but no, I'm, I'm staying away. Michigan state and Oregon, uh, <laughs> might've showed my cards earlier. This is the next one up. I'm locking up Oregon minus two and a half. Uh, it does not have to do with Justin Herbert's decision to return for 2019, where he will lead maybe one of the best offenses in all of college football. You got both of those freshman running backs are going to be back. I think Dylan Mitchell uh, also will be back. And I am, I am liking the ducks uh, to be able to continue some of the growth they had under Mario Cristobal this season, especially, you know, Barton, you, you wrote about it a little bit too. the, you know, the top five recruiting class they got coming in. The trajectory is pointing in a, in a great direction, but Michigan State in this game, I don't, I just can't have any faith in Michigan State fielding a competent offense based on the way they looked through the last month of the, the year. They might be able to frustrate Justin Herbert in a way that they were able to frustrate um, Ohio State a little bit. But man, Oregon just feels like the better team based on what they're going to be able to put out on the field. I'm getting it at under a field goal. Let's lock up Oregon minus two and a half. Man, there's there's not a lot of picks out here on the docket that I don't agree with. I, I'm not locking it up, but I think you're on the right side. I, I like that pick too. Yeah, it's it's just so hard to trust Michigan State in any at anything right now. Missouri and Oklahoma State, uh, Missouri nine point favorite. Anyone got anything? I'm a very heavy lean towards Oklahoma State, not locking it up, but that spread just feels too big yeah but that's why i'm also staying away uh yeah it, it was a log that i i put out there but the log will not be on the fire that's a stinky ass line i don't want any part of it yeah you're telling yeah, me yeah I'm, I, I like missouri to win this game but that's uh, and I, I was that was one where you look at it and I'm like all right i'm gonna pick missouri in this one then you look at the line you're like oh almost 10 nah nah uh, Texas A&M and NC state will be playing in the nightcap on new year's Eve. The line right now is all the way out to seven opened at four and a half. And we've, we've just had player after player for NC state announced that they would be sitting it out. Uh, Dave Doran, a very, uh, sit out the bowl game friendly coach, you know, mm -hmm. Bradley Chubb did it last year. I mean, this they've, they've been pretty, pretty like pretty much excited about just getting the young guys in there the only problem is i think that those young guys are not going to be ready for the texas a&m team that is very much looking uh, to get a bowl win in year one under jimbo fisher this feels like personnel and motivation galore uh and all of it combines to me wanting to lock up texas a&m i'll take it at seven and honestly i probably still like it until 10 I think that Texas A&M wins this game by double digits. Give me the Aggies. I have a lock here as well, but it's on the under 57. And a lot of it is the reason you just mentioned with NC State. I don't know what they're going to be really all that capable of doing in this game, missing so many key players. And I think this is going to be a, you know, it's, I, I agree. This is probably going to be a situation where A&M's covering. And I, I think it's going to be the kind of game that, you know, maybe it's like 28, 28, 17 type of deal. Yeah. I yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with uh, Texas A&M too. Um, just a ton of, ton of, ton of agreement here. Uh, keep in mind, Eli Drinkwitz, NC State offensive coordinator, is gone. He's off to Appalachian State as the head coach. As you mentioned or alluded to, Chip, this is everything for A&M. This is this is a springboard for next year. This is, you know, they close strong with that seven OT win. Now they've got to they got to go whip up on someone from the ACC to prove that they, you know, to kind of carry the banner and prove things are heading in the right direction. Um, 
I think Texas A&M is going to be uh, – at least I think the coaching staff is going to be very motivated here. I think they'll, they'll get rolling as well. So I'm going to go A&M. Once we get into New Year's Day, the Outback Bowl, Iowa and Mississippi State, Bloomin' Onion and Coconut Scrimps. Whoa, 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 whoa. We skipped we skip the Holiday Bowl. Oh, Northwestern and Utah. Uh, uh. That's, that, that, that would be the bowl that Tom – Make sure that we dial in on. Any idea what I'm on? The under. <laughs> That's, That's right. Just I, right about a nest. Under 46. Lock it up. All right. You got I don't it. even feel like I need to explain it. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. let's well, let's go right to uh let's go right into the next one then because I'm gonna lock up in our blooming onion and coconut scrimps. Uh I'm gonna go under. 43, Iowa, Mississippi State. Lock fight. 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 <laughs> For the first fight. time in Lock's pod season 2018, I'm locking up and over. Wow. And I'm going with the over in Iowa, Mississippi State. And I understand why you're taking the under. And it could be kind of breezy in Florida on New Year's Day. But I just think that this number is too low. I think, you know, Kirk Ferentz in his time at Iowa has had a tendency in bowl games to let it hang out and just try things that he would not ordinarily try in a regular season game, you know, where it mattered in bowl games. Kirk gets a little loose. He gets a little feisty. Iowa breaks out some things you don't typically see. And I think that defensively, well, I was had a pretty good pass rush all year. I feel like from what I've seen of them at times, their run defense can get a little spotty. And I think Mississippi state's going to be able to take advantage of it. I don't think this is a situation where they're going to go cruising past that total, but I think that this is like a 24, 21 kind of game. So I'm, I'm taking the over here and it's, I know that our listeners have probably passed out from disbelief, but I'm locking up the over. Bart, if, if Mississippi State gives a flip about this game, I, I have a hard time seeing Iowa really move the ball consistently. I am, I am tempted to take Mississippi State here, um, but I, I, I'm not there yet. But I, I think I don't know. Like maybe a, I, I would be, I would lean, and this I guess would would be in conflict to you, Tom. But I, I would lean taking like an Iowa team total under I just I have a hard time seeing like you're gonna run pro style at this defense I think you're gonna be in trouble you got to get them moving you gotta you have to be gashing them and zone read RPO stuff you got to be like making things tough on them because if you're just gonna go downhill at them if you're just gonna run tight ends at Jonathan Abram I, I I don't see it so Again, Mississippi State, I could see them not really being that motivated, but if they if they are, I, I just I think this defense is gonna be a handful for Iowa. Kentucky and Penn State, uh Penn State favored by six and a half. Anyone got a lock here? New. No. Oh Penn State here. Uh, that's my lean. I'm not gonna lock it up though. Penn State minus six and a half. I, I, I just I think uh the Trace McSorley um that the Trace McSorley farewell tour, I guess, is is going to be a success. Uh, Kentucky really, they, they just they really lost my faith late in the year. Um, I think Penn State also has got a chance to be really good defensively in this game, um, given the time they're going to have to 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 kind of get some young guys. Um, what, 15 practices yeah. uh, additionally. You know, I think that's the type of thing that this Penn State defense can benefit from um, tangibly. And uh, so I, I'm going to – oh, God. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting cold feet now that I've said it, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. Penn State minus six and a half. Good job sticking with it. LSU <laughs> and UCF. It's the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, it's, man, this thing is kicking off. Fiesta Bowl is going to be mountain time, right? 11 a.m. local time. Uh, LSU favored by seven and a half. Anyone got a lock? No, but I lean LSU. I lean under, but yeah, I don't think that's a bad play at all. I lean under, but I, um, yeah, I, 
I, I, like my hunch is my good hunch is under my um, devious hunch is that LSU is going to win this game like twenty three to seven, but just squeeze the life out of them. Hey, update. You guys won't believe this, but Malik Rozier just threw an interception. No, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, you never saw it coming. It's already fourteen to nothing, Wisconsin. That's a good pick. Um, what about you, Barton? Yeah, I got nothing on this one. I mean, when initially my hunch was UCF uh, motivation, but I don't know. I could see Devin White just kind of saying, "Listen, boys, we ain't losing to this UCF squad." Get get your mind right. Um, I'm 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 not gonna let us go in there unprepared. I'm not gonna let us go in there emotionally or mentally flat. Um, so I think there's a, there's enough alphas on this LSU defense to to show up, and yet I would not I I, I do not feel comfortable playing it because we all saw what happened last year. Yeah. That that Auburn team was really good. I mean that Auburn team was was the same kind of defense as this LSU defense. Um, I know we don't have, I know McKenzie Milton's not in the equation this year, but I think UCF might just be that good on offense. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pick against them. Washington and Ohio state, the Buckeyes and urban Meyer farewell game favored by six and a half. I, I will not, that is not my final lock of the show. I have a lean towards Ohio state, but I don't know, man. I could also see Ohio State winning this game by a field goal. I maybe am leaning under, if anything, but uh, you won't catch me taking Washington. That's for sure. Give me Washington. <laughs> oh, yes. Give me Washington. I, and I, I still think Ohio State probably wins this game, but it just feels like it's a little bit too easy. It's not... Uh, just because Ohio State's pretty and Washington's sort of grinder ball doesn't mean this isn't going to be a close game. I think that you know there's going to be a lot made of Urban Meyer's farewell here. Uh, Washington is going to fly under the radar. Jake Browning's got his his last shot at this thing. Um, that secondary for Washington as good as anyone in the country match up well. Jimmy Lake should have a good game plan. The defense coordinator for Washington have a good game plan for Ohio State. I just I think Washington keeps it close, and uh, I'll take the seven points. All right, and then uh, and finally Texas and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl on uh, on the evening of January first, two thousand nineteen. This line opened at eleven. It has danced its way on out to thirteen. My final lock of the bowl season is Tom Herman as a daggum dog. Give me the Longhorns plus thirteen. I'm with you. Fight, 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 fight. Lock fight. Wow. It was going to be, it was clearly going to be either lock fight or lock unity. (laughs) And you had to go and ruin the fun. What you got, man? Why, why you got Georgia? I'm sorry. I just think Georgia is going to paste this team. (laughs) I just, if Georgia shows up wanting to play, right. You know, DeAndre Baker, they announced today will not be playing in the game and it's not because of injury reasons, but I just, there's, they're too good for this Texas team. And it's, I think it's something that we kind of saw in the Oklahoma game. I mean, they won that first meeting, you know, Oklahoma had all those turnovers and it, Texas was still barely able to scrape by and beat him by three points. And then in the big 12 championship, they kind of hung around, but then once Oklahoma got, you know, things straightened out, they pulled away from that game and Texas never really had a shot to win late. And I just think we're going to see a kind of similar situation where I think if you look across the board at every position on the field, it's hard to find spots where you could definitively say that Texas is better than Georgia, except maybe with Caden Stearns, maybe that's their one advantage at any one of the 22 spots on the field. But I feel like Georgia has a clear advantage everywhere else on the offensive line, on the defensive line, at linebacker, at quarterback, at receiver, at running back. I just think that Georgia is better. And I think that this has a very good chance of being a blowout. Last time Georgia went to the state of Louisiana, it played its worst game of the season. Its fans all stayed in New Orleans, rented 30 uh, charter buses and bought up like 10,000 tickets in Tiger Stadium 
and it all went kerplunk. And if they were playing LSU, I'd be concerned. <laughs> so, I, I what about you, Barton? What do you feel? I'm Tom Herman as a daggum dog is my is what I'm sticking with as my my yeah. really anchor of this. Right. Uh, I mean, I think I could see Tom's some scenario play out uh, certainly i i mean that's that's in the cards but um i agree i mean there is there is an avenue for tom herman to eke out a cover here and it, it has to do with some ball security some some offensive efficiency some big plays with the big wide receivers on the outside and sam ellinger ellinger just being a gamer and so i am uh I'm inclined to take Herman to the points, as you are, Chips. So let's uh, we're going to fight trust, the, trust, oh. trust in that principle, you know. All right, uh, to review, we've got Tom under 54, Virginia, South Carolina, Stanford minus five and a half, under 57, Texas A&M and NC State, under 42 and a half, Iowa, Mississippi, over 42 and a half. Over 42 and a half. I mean, it's just instinctive for me. Goodness, uh, <laughs> Georgia minus 13 and a half, Barton, Syracuse minus one and a half, Purdue minus plus 3.5, uh, Virginia plus five, Notre Dame plus 13, Oklahoma plus 14, Texas A&M minus seven, Penn State minus six and a half, Washington plus seven, Texas plus 13 and a half chip purdue plus three and a half iowa plus two and a half virginia plus five over 76 and a half what are you doing oklahoma alabama uh oregon minus two and a half texas a&m minus seven under 42 and a half in iowa mississippi state and tom herman is a daggum dog longhorns plus 13 and a half barton i cannot believe the card you just trotted out i know i know <laughs> I mean, that's this. It's a mess. I, the, the hard work that led to this point is going to get washed away with this card, but I'm going to have fun. All right. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Thank you so much uh, for bearing with us here as we, we took the Cup podcast on the road for a little bit. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Master Lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.